Hello and welcome back to Corona Cold Reads, my entertainment world's answer to social isolation. Now that we've completed Shakespeare and Chekhov's canons, our troupe of professional and amateur theater lovers together is taking on great works across mediums. So from Aaron Sorkin to indie playwrights, Valentine's rom-coms, French classics, Greek tragedies, so much more. We've got everything coming up for you. So Shaw, Stoppard, Moliere, Efron, and so much more coming down the pike. So for you to enjoy in audio form here on our podcast feed, or if you want to catch all of our costumes, props, effects, and unplanned pet appearances, um, all of our readings are also available on our YouTube channel. Just search My Entertainment World and you'll see it there. Um, please keep in mind that these are genuinely cold readings. We're publishing unedited, so bear with us through some stumbles, tangents, and of course, every time someone's accidentally on mute. Um, that happens all the time. Sometimes people don't show up. You just got to bear with us. Uh, so to make sure you don't miss any of our content, be sure to subscribe on YouTube or on our podcast feed where you'll find episodes of all our favorite ongoing series, including this one, of course, as well as the Shakespeare series, the favorite series, Corona Movie Club, exclusive interviews, as well as our annual MLB roundtable discussion, which is my very favorite thing we do. So follow us on social media at MyEntWorld, my E-N-T world. Um, and of course, check out the website, MyEntertainmentWorld.ca, where you can find all of the above, as well as reviews, editorials, artist spotlights, and so much more. So thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the show. So the second part of our Valentine's season is When Harry Met Sally. This month, we're reading four of our favorite movie romances. And obviously, we could not do that without this Nora Ephron classic that to this day has my very favorite and I think most romantic movie line ever written, which is, I love that you'll get a little crinkle above your nose when you're looking at me like I'm nuts. I feel like that is a perfect encapsulation of what love truly is. Um, So I adore this movie. It is just an all-time classic for so many reasons. Um, and it was a great fun time to read it uh, with this particular cast. Um, our Harry and Sally were Louis Fernandez and Melissa Wright, who are old friends who've worked together for years. So they have a really fun, com- complex dynamic and a great banter. So it was really cool to get to see them work together on this. Um, it was Melissa's first big lead role. So it was also really great to have her do that and see her really tackle this iconic character and have so much fun with it. Um, so that was really fun. Uh, all of Sally's like other romances, like all of her ex-boyfriends and all that kind of stuff are also played by her real life love, Mark Crater. So that's a fun little detail here. Um, we have all of our old couples um, are played by a sort of combination of people, um, some of whom are real couples. We have C.D. Holloway and Dom Harvey playing Man A and Woman A, not in that order. Um, and uh, we also have some of our favorite couples through Corona Cold Reads history. So they're not real couples, but they're people who've played like our Anthony and Cleopatra play one of the couples, um, our Troilus and Cressida. So it's fun to have them uh, do that kind of thing. Uh, who else is... Oh, one of the other really fun things about this reading is that Marlo K. Shaw plays the Carrie Fisher role, um, which is was a big deal for Marlo. She loves Carrie Fisher. And in my personal opinion, controversial though this may be, I think Marie is Carrie Fisher's greatest role. Uh, so Marlo does a great job with that, and it's really fun to have her here. So um, I hope you enjoy. And uh, yeah. Go watch When Harry Met Sally. Like, watch this and then go watch that movie again, because what a blast. Harry Burns being played by Luis Fernandez. Hi, everybody. I hope I can be heard. Sally Albright, played by Melissa Wright. Hi, everybody. Marie being played by Marlo K. Shaw. 
Hi. Alice is Laura Hubbard. Hello. Jess is Elizabeth Ramirez. Pardon me, Elizabeth Ramirez. Hello. Amanda slash Helen slash Emily is Olivia McCarger. Hello. Joe slash Julian is Mark Crater. Hey there, guys. Hostess slash stewardess slash Gary is Rebecca Vega Romero. Rebecca Vega Romero. Thank you. Uh, Waitress slash waiter slash man on the aisle is Noah Mendelssohn Aviv. Yeah, you did good. Hi, everybody. Nine-year-old slash older woman uh, slash customer is Nicole Falgu. Very good, Shay. (laughs) (laughs) Woman A uh, on pages 28, 65, 72 (laughs) to 73. Wow, that's complicated. Is Sadie Holloway. Hello. Man A on pages 165 and 73 is Dom Harvey. Hi. Woman B on pages 17, 44, and 65 is Gabby Grice. Hi. Man C on 17, 44, and 65 is Christopher Prentice. Hi. Woman D on 65 and 100 is now Sia Floyd. Yes? Yes. Hello. Yes. And where did I lose my place? Uh, Man E, last on our lovely list, Man E on pages 28, 66, and 101 is Elizabeth Morris. Hello. Wonderful. Okay. I'm going to get this script up and we will begin. So here it comes. When Harry Met Sally, original screenplay by Nora Ephron. Rob Reiner, and Andrew Scheinan. Fade in on documentary footage of an older couple, a man and a woman. They're sitting together on a love seat, looking straight at the camera. The documentary dialogue that follows is meant only as an indication. The movie will use real people, not actors, and we will be hearing their actual stories, which will be similar to the ones indicated here. I was sitting with my friend, Arthur Conblum, in a restaurant. It was a Holden Hardart cafeteria. They don't have them anymore. And this girl walked in, and I turned to Arthur, and I said, Arthur, you see that girl? I'm going to marry her. And two weeks later, we were married. And it's 50 years later, and we're still married. Fade out. Fade in on exterior University of Chicago campus day. Card, 10 years ago. A couple in a clinch. The young man involved is named Harry Burns. He's 26 years old, just graduated from law school, wearing jeans and a sweatshirt. He's kissing a young woman named Amanda. She has long, straight hair that she irons. She's about 20. The embrace is fairly melodramatic. They pull, apart, they pull back to look at one another. I love you. I love you. They kiss again. A car pulls up right beside them, stops, sits there. Driving the car is Sally Albright. She's 21 years old. She's very pretty, although not necessarily in an obvious way. She sits there waiting for the kiss to end. It doesn't end. She clears her throat. They don't hear her. 
She shifts position and accidentally on purpose hits the car horn, which beeps and startles Amanda and Harry into breaking off their clinch. Amanda sees Sally and she and Harry move over to the car. Oh, hi, Sally. Hi, Sally. Uh, This is Harry Burns. Harry, this is Sally Albright. Nice to meet you. They shake hands. You want to drive the first shift? No, no, you're already there. You can start. Harry looks meaningfully at Amanda. Then he starts to put his stuff, a duffel bag, a box of records, into the back seat of the car, where Sally's stuff is too. Suitcases, stereo speakers, a guitar, boxes of books, a small TV. Call me. I'll call you as soon as I get there. Call me from the road. I'll call before that. Harry and Amanda exchange longing looks outside the car. I love you. I love you too. They kiss again. Sally sits waiting. Waiting. She hits the car horn again. Harry and Amanda break apart. Sorry. Harry gets into the car, and as it pulls away, he and Amanda exchange more I love yous and I'll call yous and goodbyes. Exterior, Chicago Street, day. As the car heads toward whichever highway is relevant, city traffic, Sally driving, Harry in the passenger seat. Interior, car, day. Harry takes out a bunch of grapes, starts to eat them. I have this all figured out. It's an 18-hour trip, which breaks down to six, six shifts of three hours each. Or alternatively, we could break it down by mileage. Uh, There's a map on the visor. I've marked it to show the locations where we can change shifts. Um, You can do three hours. Great. Uh, No, I I don't like to eat between meals. Harry spits a grape seed out the window, which doesn't happen to be down. Um, I'll roll down the window. After a lengthy silence... I hope this isn't going to be one of those trips with a lot of long, awkward pauses. Me too. A long, awkward silence. Why don't you tell me the story of your life? The story of my life? Well, we've got 18 hours to kill before we get to New York. The story of my life isn't even going to get us out of Chicago. I mean, nothing's happened to me yet. That's why I'm going to New York. Well, something could happen to you. Yes. Like what? Like I'm going to go to journalism school and become a reporter. Oh, so you could write about things that happen to other people. That's one way to look at it. Well, suppose nothing happens to you. You know, suppose you live there your whole life and nothing happens and you never meet anyone and you never become anything. And finally you die one of those New York deaths where nobody even notices for two weeks until the smell drifts into the hallway. Sally looks over at Harry, who... Am I stuck in this car with? She looks back at the road. Exterior car, traveling shot, day, as the car turns onto the highway. Amanda mentioned you had a dark side. Well, that's what drew her to me. Your dark side? Yeah, why? Well, don't you have a dark side? No, nah, you're probably one of those cheerful people who dots their eyes with little hearts. I have just as much of a dark side as the next person. Oh, really? Look, when I get a new book... I read the last page first. That way, if I die before I finish, I know how it comes out. That, my friend, is a dark side. It doesn't mean you're deep or anything. I mean, I'm basically a happy person. 
<laughs> so am I. And don't see that there's anything wrong with that. Well, of course you don't. You're too busy being happy. Do you, do you think about death? Yes. Yeah, sure you do. A fleeting thought that drifts in and out of the transom of your mind. I spend hours. I spend days. And you think this makes you a better person? Look, when the shit comes down, I'm going to be prepared and you are not. That's all I'm saying. And in the meantime, you're going to ruin your whole life waiting for it. What are you going to do in New York? I don't know. I just graduated from law school, but I never really thought I was going to be a lawyer. So I see it as a jumping off point. You should be a lawyer. The kind that does wills. I think you'd be really good at explaining to people they're going to die. Dissolve to exterior car day. The car tooling along a beautiful stretch of highway. Exterior highway day. Time. The car pulls off the road onto the shoulder. Sally and Harry get out and switch seats. Harry drives now and the car pulls away, leaving rubber and dust. Exterior car exiting industrial magic hour. Exterior car highway late afternoon. The car is now a surface road hiding, heading towards a motel slash diner complex. Harry is driving. Sally is in the passenger seat. He doesn't want her to stay. That's why he puts her on the plane. I don't think she wants to stay. Of course she wants to stay. Wouldn't you rather be with Humphrey Bogart than that other guy? I don't want to spend the rest of my life in Casablanca married to a man who runs a bar. That probably sounds very snobbish to you, but I don't. You'd rather have a passionless marriage. And be first lady of Czechoslovakia. And live with the man you've had the greatest sex of your life with. So just because he owns a bar, that's not all he does. The car stops in front of the diner, which is straight out of the 50s. Yes, and so would any woman in her right mind. Women are very practical. Even Ingrid Bergman, which is why she gets on that plane at the end of the movie. Oh, I understand. What? Nothing. Harry crosses towards the diner. Sally follows after him. What? Interior diner as Harry and Sally come in the door. A hostess is waiting. Well, obviously you have had great sex yet. Table table for two? That's correct. Yeah, right this way. Yes, I have. (laughs) No, you haven't. It it just so happens I have had plenty of good sex. With whom? What? Well, have have you had this good sex? I'm not going to tell you that. Why? Don't tell me. A long silence. Maybe they both look at the menu. Maybe they just sit there. Shell Gordon. Shell? Sheldon? No, no, I'm sorry. You didn't have great sex with a Sheldon. Yeah, I did too. No, a Sheldon can do your taxes. If you need a root canal, you know, he's your man. But between the sheets is not you know, Sheldon's strong suit. Oh, I I love you, Sheldon. Do it to me, Sheldon. Oh, I can't get enough of you, Sheldon. Oh, that doesn't work. A waitress approaches the table. What can I get you? I'll have the number three. What kind of bread do you want that on? Surprise me. The waitress turns to Sally. You know what I'd like is the apple pie a la mode. Apple a la mode. But um, I'd like the pie heated, and I don't want the ice cream on top. I want it on the side. 
Uh, and I'd like strawberry instead of vanilla if you have it. If not, then no ice cream, just whipped cream, but only if it's real. If it's out of a can, then nothing. Not even the pie? No, just the pie, but, but then not heated. As the waitress leaves, Harry stares in disbelief at Sally. What? Nothing. So how come you broke up with Sheldon? How do you know we broke up? Well, because if you didn't, you wouldn't be with me. You'd be with Sheldon, the wonder First of all, I'm not with you. Second of all, it's none of your business why we broke up. You're right. You're right. I don't want to know. After a beat. Okay, if you must know, it was because he was very jealous and I had these days of the week underpants. Judge is ruling on this. Days of the week underpants? Yes, they have the days of the week on them. I thought they were sort of funny. And one day he said to me, you never wear Sunday. He got all suspicious. Where was Sunday? Where had I left Sunday? And I told him, but he didn't believe me. What? They don't make Sunday. (laughs) Why not? Because of God. (laughs) That's why you broke up? Yes. How many men have you slept with? I'm not going to tell you that. Okay. Don't tell me. Two. Well, you've been with two people, and you're telling me based on two people, you know whether or not you've had great sex. How many of you? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I don't know. Is it between zero and three, four and ten, or ten and a hundred? Ten and a hundred. Is it closer to ten or closer to a hundred? Ten. The waitress brings their food. As they eat, exterior, diner, night, reestablish. Interior, diner, dusk. They are finishing their meal. The check arrives. Sally figures out her portion of the bill. She notices Harry just staring at her. Thinking she might have some food on her face, she nervously wipes. What? Do I have... No, you're a very attractive person. Thank you? Amanda never said you were so attractive. Maybe she doesn't think I'm attractive. It's not a matter of opinion, you know. Empirically, you... You are attractive. Harry, Amanda is my friend. So? So you're going with her. So? So you're coming on to me. No, I wasn't. What, can a man say a woman is attractive without it being a come on? She stares at him, then exits the diner and heads for the car. All right, all right. Let's just say for the sake of argument, it was a come on. Okay. What do you want me to do? I take it back. All right? I I take it back. You can't take it back. Why not? It's already out there. Oh, geez. What are we supposed to do now? Call the cops? It's already out there. Just let it lie, okay? She quickly gets in the car and unlocks his door. He gets in the car. Right, right, right. right. Let it lie. That's, That's my policy. Let it lie. So you want to spend the night in the motel? See what I did? I didn't let it lie. Harry. I said I would, and then I didn't, and uh, Harry. I went the other way. Harry. Yes. We're just going to be friends, okay? Yeah, great friends. It's the best thing. As the car starts up and pulls out, cut to interior car night. 
a long silence. You know, you realize, of course, you know, that we could never be friends. What do you mean? Well, what I'm saying, and this is not a come on in any way, shape, or form, you know, is that a man and a woman, they, they can't be friends. The sex part always gets in the way. That's not true. I have a number of men friends, and there's no sex involved. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Oh, you don't. Yes, I do. You only think that you do. You're saying I'm having sex with these men without my knowledge? I'm saying they all want to have sex with you. Do not. They do, too. They do not. They do, too. How do you know? Because no man can be friends with a woman he finds attractive. He always wants to have sex with her. So you're saying a man can be friends with a woman he finds unattractive? No. You pretty much want to have sex with them, too. What if they don't want to have sex with you? Well, it doesn't matter. The sex thing is already out there, so the friendship is ultimately doomed. And that's, you know, that's the end of the story. Well, I guess we're not going to be friends, then. I guess not. Too bad. You were the only person I knew in New York. Dissolve to exterior New York skyline, dawn. As the car comes over the George Washington Bridge, a gorgeous day. Dissolve to exterior New York street corner, day. Downtown near Washington Square. The car pulls up and Harry hops out, grabbing his stuff. Well, it was nice knowing you. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. Thanks for the ride. You're welcome. Sally nods. Harry nods. An awkward moment. Sally holds out her hand. They shake. Well, uh, have a nice life. Yeah, you too. Harry starts to walk off as she drives off. Fade in documentary footage. Another older couple sitting together on the same love seat we saw earlier. We fell madly in love in high school. We were high school sweethearts. I just said that. Didn't I just say that? But after our junior year, his parents moved away. But I never forgot her. He never forgot me. Her face burned itself on my brain. 34 years later, I see her coming out of Toffinetti's. We looked at each other and it was as if not one day went by. She looked as beautiful as when she was 16 years old. He looked the same. He looked exactly the same to me. And we haven't been apart one day since then. Not one day. Fade in. LaGuardia Airport. Day. It's five years later. A couple in a clinch. The woman is Sally at 26. She looks great. She's a stylish young woman. She's kissing a very attractive man with a beard. Although it's not that easy to see him at the moment. His name is Joe. Harry is coming down the hallway of the airline terminal. He's wearing a suit and tie and trench coat. He has a kind of attractive but rumpled demeanor. He notices the couple kissing, goes past them, then stops, backs up. He recognizes them. They're still kissing. Harry comes closer, peers at the two of them from slightly too close. It's not easy to see either of their faces. Finally, Sally and Joe become aware that someone is standing nearby, and they stop kissing to look at Harry. Joe! I thought it was you. Joe, uh, Harry Burns. Harry! Harry, how are you? Joe holds out his hands. They shake. How you doing? 
Fine. Fine. I thought it was you. You still at the DA's office? I, I switched over to the other side. Uh, what about you? I'm working for a small company. Uh, political consulting. Joe nods. Harry nods. An awkward pause. Sally just standing there, wondering if Harry remembers her. Oh, Harry, uh, this is Sally Albright, Harry Burns. Uh, we used to live in the same building. Hi. Well, it was great to see you. Uh, see you around. Harry starts down the long corridor for his plane. Joe and Sally look at each other. Thank God he couldn't place me. I drove from college to New York with him five years ago, and it was the longest night of my life. What happened? He made a pass at me, and when I said no, he was going with a friend of mine. Uh, Oh, God, I can't remember her name. Don't get involved with me, Joe. I'm 26 years old, and I can't even remember the name of a person I was such good friends with that I wouldn't get involved with her boyfriend. So what happened? When? He made a pass at you, and you said no. Oh, I, I said we can just be friends. This part I remember. And he said men and women couldn't really be friends. Joe kisses her again. <laughs> do you think that it's true? No. Do, do you have any women friends, like just friends? No. But I'll get one. It's important to you. Amanda Reese. That was her name. Oh, thank God. Another kiss. I'll miss you. I love... I love you. You do? Yes. I love you. Interior airplane day. The plane is in flight, en route to New York from Washington. Sally is in a middle seat in a crowded all-coach plane. She has the New York Times on her lap, but she's staring into the middle distance, a little smile on her face. There's a man on the aisle seat next to her. In the row in back of her, in the aisle seat, is Harry. His head pops up. Sally starts to read the newspaper. The man on the aisle looks up at Harry, who's still looming over them, trying to place Sally. Harry pops down. Sally starts to read again. Harry pops up again, pops back down. The stewardess comes down the aisle with the drink cart, asks Sally for her drink order. Do you have Bloody Mary mix? Yes. She starts to pour. Oh, no, no, wait. Um, here's what I want. Regular tomato juice, not too much ice, and fill it up with three quarters and then add a splash of the Bloody Mary mix. Just a splash. Harry's head starts to rise again. And a little piece of lime, but on the side. The University of Chicago, right? Yes. Harry pops down. He pops right back up. Did you look this good at the University of Chicago? No. Did we ever, uh, you know... Reaction from man on aisle. No, no, Jesus. We drove from Chicago to New York the day after graduation. The man on the aisle has been listening and watching all this. Would you two like to sit together? Great. Harry and the man on the aisle change seats, and Harry sits down next to Sally. You were a friend of, uh... Oh, jeez. Amanda's. I can't believe you can't remember her name. What do you mean? I I can remember Amanda. Right. Uh, Amanda Rice. Reese. Reese, right. Well, that's what I said. Whatever happened to her? I have no idea. 
Well, you have no idea. Well, you were good friends of hers. We didn't make it because, you know, you were such good friends. You went with her. I have, uh, sorry. Uh, I went with her. Did I? Uh, was it worth it? The sacrifice for a friend you haven't even kept in touch with? Harry, you may not believe this, but I never considered not sleeping with you a sacrifice. Fair enough. Fair enough. You were going to be a gymnast. A journalist. That's what I said. So, did you? I'm a journalist. I work the news. Great. And you're with Joe. That's, you know, great. You, you guys have been together, what? Three weeks? A month. How did you know? It takes someone to the airport. You know, it's clearly the beginning of the relationship. That's why I have never taken anyone to the airport at the beginning of a relationship. Why? Because eventually things move on and you don't take someone to the airport. I never wanted anyone to be able to say to me, how come you never take me to the airport anymore? It's amazing. You look like a normal person, but actually you're the angel of death. Are you going to marry him? We've only known each other a month. Besides, neither one of us is looking to get married right now. I'm getting married. You are? Yep. You are? Yep. Who is she? Helen Hilson. She's a lawyer. She's keeping her name. <laughs> You're not getting married. What's so funny about it? It's just so optimistic of you. You've, you'd be amazed what falling madly in love can do for you. That's wonderful, Harry. It's nice to see you embracing life in this manner. Besides, you just you just get to a certain point where you get tired of the whole thing. What whole thing? Ah, the whole life of a single guy thing, you know? You, you meet someone, you have the safe lunch where you decide you like each other enough to move on to dinner, and you go dancing, you do the whole, the white man's overbite, then you go back to her place, you have sex, and the minute you finish, you know what goes through your head? How long do I have to lie here and hold her before I can get up and go home? Is 30 seconds enough? That's what you're thinking? Is that true? Yeah, yeah, all men think that. How long do you like to be held afterwards? All night, right? That's the problem. Somewhere between 30 seconds and all night is your problem. I don't have a problem. Well, yes, you do. The flight attendant announces that everyone should fasten their seatbelts in preparation for landing in Washington, D.C. Exterior, National Airport, day. As the plane lands, interior, National Airport, day, Harry and Sally are on a moving sidewalk. You staying over? Yeah. Would you like to have dinner? Why? Just, just friends. I thought you didn't believe men and women could be friends. When did I say that? On the ride to New York. No, no, I remember. Yes, that's right. They, they can't be friends. <clears throat> unless, unless both of them are involved with other people. Then, then they can. This is an amendment to the earlier rule. If the two people are in relationships, the pressure of possible involvement is lifted. Although that doesn't always work either. I mean, because what happens is the person you're involved with doesn't understand why you need to be friends with the person you're friends with, like it must mean something's missing from your relationship and you have to go outside to get it. And when you say, no, 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 it's not true. There's nothing missing from our relationship. The person you're involved with accuses you of being secretly attracted to the person you're just friends with, which you probably are, let's face it, 
who the hell are we kidding here? Which brings us back to the original rule before the amendment, which is men and women can't be friends. So, you know, where does that leave us? <laughs> yes, Sally. Goodbye. Okay. They look at each other and shake hands. Though they have said goodbye, they are now in that awkward place of still going in the same direction. After a beat. I'm just going to stop walking for a minute and let you get ahead. Fade in documentary footage. Another older couple sitting on a love seat, looking at the camera. We got married 50 years ago. We were married three years. We got a divorce. No one got divorced then unless you were miserable. Not like now. You get a little upset, you get a divorce. So then I married Marjorie. But first you lived with Barbara. Right. Barbara. But, but I didn't marry Barbara. I married Marjorie, and then I got a divorce. My brother's a lawyer. I got a rape. Then I married Katie. The shortest one of all. Less than a year. Another divorce. So then I was single. I crammed in a lot of living. I got it out of my system. Don't forget Barbara. Roberta. Uh, Roberta, right. And then we got married again. 45 years to the day after our first marriage. But I never married anybody in between. I waited. I knew. Baden, exterior, New York Street, day. It's five years later. Sally walking down the street to a restaurant like Petaluma. She looks even prettier now. She's wearing a loose blouse, full skirt, boots. Exterior, New York restaurant with view. Day. Two women, Marie and Alice, at a table for three. Marie is a dark-haired and dark-eyed beauty. Alice is cute and plump and a married lady. Sally comes in and sits down as the others finish giving their drink orders to the waiter. Sorry, I'm late. Uh, here's what I want. I want a Campari and soda, but here's how I want it. I want the Campari in a glass with ice and the soda on the side, but in a bottle. I don't want the soda in a glass. I want to mix it myself. As so, I look so I looked through his pockets, okay? Marie, why do you look through his pockets? And you know what I found? What? They just bought a dining room table. He and his wife just went out and spent $1,600 on a dining room table. Where? The point isn't where, Alice. The point is he's never going to leave her. So what else is new? You've known this for two years. You're right. You're right. I know you're right. Why can't you find someone single when... I was single. I knew lots of nice single men. There must be someone. Sally found someone. Sally got the last good one. Joe and I broke up. What? When? Monday. You waited three days to tell us? You mean Joe's available? <laughs> For God's sake, Marie. Don't you have any feelings about this? She's obviously upset. I'm not that upset. We've been growing apart for quite a while. 
but you were a couple. You were together. You had someone to go places with. You had a date on national holidays. I just said to myself, you work more than this. You're 31 years old. And the, the cl- clock, clock is, is ticking. ticking. The clock doesn't really start to tick until you turn 36. Oh, God, you're in such good shape. Well, I've had a few days to get with and I feel okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Then you're ready. Marie takes her Rolodex out of her satchel and starts to look through it. Oh, really, Marie? How else do you think you do it? She flips through the Rolodex and pulls out a card. I've got the perfect guy. You go out with him. I've got someone. You've got someone else. You've got someone someone else also has. I don't happen to find him attractive, but you might. She doesn't have a problem with chins. Marie, I'm not ready yet. I thought you just said you were over him. I am over him, but I'm in a mourning period. Alex Anderson. Fixed me up with him six years ago. Okay, okay. Ken Darman. He's been married for over a year. Really? Married? Marie takes Ken Darman's Rolodex card and dog ears a corner of it and places it in a section at the back of the box. Then she pulls out another card. Wait, wait, I got it. I got it. Look, there is no point in my going out with someone I might really like if I met him at the right time, but who right now has no chance of, no chance of being anything to me but a transitional man. Okay, okay, but don't wait too long. Do you remember David Warsaw? His wife left him and everyone said, give him some time. Don't move in too fast. And six months later, he was dead. What are you saying? I should marry someone right away in case he's about to die? Well, at least you can say you were married. I'm saying the right man for you might be out there right now. And if you don't grab him, someone else will. And you'll have to spend the rest of your life knowing that someone else is married to your husband. Exterior, Shea Stadium, day. A wave is in progress. It sweeps around the stadium and passes by Harry and his friend Jess, sitting in the second deck, surrounded by Mets fans. It's a fall. They're both wearing jeans and windbreakers. Harry is very despondent. When did this happen? Friday. Helen comes home. She says, I don't know if I want to be married anymore. You know, like it's this institution, like it's nothing personal, like it's just something she's thinking about in some kind of casual way. I'm I'm calm. I say, why don't we think about it? Take some time. Don't rush into anything. Next day, she says she thought about it. She wants a trial separation. She just wants to try it, she says. We can still date, she says. Like, this is supposed to cushion the blow. I mean... I got married so I could stop dating. So I don't see where we can still date is a big incentive since as far as I'm concerned, the last thing you want to do is date your wife who's supposed to love you, which is what I'm saying to her when it crosses my mind. Maybe she doesn't. So I say, don't you love me anymore? And you know what she says? I don't know if I ever loved you. A wave comes through the crowd and Harry and Jess stand and wave their hands. That's harsh. You don't, you don't bounce back from that right away. 
Thanks, Jess. No, like I'm a writer. I know dialogue. Like that's particularly harsh. And then she says she just found out since somebody at her office is going to South America, she can sublet his apartment. I can't believe I can't believe this. I say, and the doorbell rings. I can sublet his apartment. Now, the words are still in, in the air. The words are still hanging there like a little balloon connected to her mouth. Like a cartoon? Yeah. And I, I get to the door and the movers are there. Now, I'm starting to get suspicious. And I say, where did you call these movers? And she's not answering. I look at the movers and I say, yo, where did this lady book you for this gig? And they're standing there, this, these three huge guys, right? One of them is wearing a t-shirt that says, don't fuck with Mr. Zero. And I say, where did you make this arrangement? And she says, a week ago. I say, you, what, you've known this for a whole week and you didn't tell me? And she says, I didn't want to ruin your birthday. A second wave comes through. And Harry and Jess stand and wave their hands. You're saying Mr. Zero knew you were getting a divorce a week before you did? Mr. Zero knew. Jeez. I haven't even told you the bad part. What could possibly be worse than Mr. Zero knowing? It's all a lie. But she's in love with another guy, some tax attorney. She moved in with them. How'd you find out? I followed her and I stood outside the building. Harry, that's so humiliating. How me? You know, standing on the street like the ultimate schmuck. I, I knew what would happen. The whole time, I knew, even though we were happy, it was just an illusion. And one day, just kicked the shit out of me. Marriages don't just break up on account of infidelity. Like it, It's just a symptom that something else is wrong. Oh, really? Well, that symptom is fucking my wife. Another wave comes through, and they stand up. They sit down. At least you got the apartment. What? Interior, Shakespeare and Company, Day. Sally and Marie standing in the bookstore in a section called Personal Relationships. A a shelf full of books. Marie is looking at something like Smart Women, Foolish Choices. Sally is looking at something like Safe Sex in a Dangerous Times. So I just happened to see his American Express bill. What do you mean you just happened to see it? Well, he was shaving and there it was in his briefcase. What if he came out and saw you looking through his briefcase? You're missing the point. I'm telling you what I found. He spent $120 on a nightgown for his wife. I don't think he's ever going to leave her. No one thinks he's ever going to leave her. You're right. You're right. I know you're right. Marie looks up for a moment for a new book. See something. Someone is staring at you in personal growth. Sally glances over to the personal growth section. There's Harry. I know him. You'd like him. He's married. Who is he? Harry Burns. He's a political consultant. He's cute. You think he's cute? How do you know he's married? Because the last time I saw him, he was getting married. When was that? Six years ago. 
So he might not be married anymore. Also, he's obnoxious. This is just like in the movies. Remember, like in The Lady Vanishes, where she says to him, you are the most obnoxious man I have ever met. The most hateful. And then they fell madly in love. Also, he never remembers me. Sally Albright. Hi, Harry. I thought it was you. It is. This is Marie. Was Marie. Marie is exiting down the stairs. She waves. Sally turns back to Harry. Shrugs. How you doing? Fine. Oh, fine. How's uh, Joe? Uh, fine. I hear he's fine. Oh, you're not with Joe anymore. We just broke up. Oh, gee, that's, that's, that's too bad. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, how about you? I'm fine. How's married life? Not so good. I'm, I'm getting divorced. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. When did this happen? A couple weeks ago. That's right, when Joe and I broke up. Isn't that amazing? Not really. Everybody in New York breaks up this time of year. Maybe it's the pressure of Halloween. Yeah, you never know what to do, what to go ask. What happened? Uh, she left me. Uh, and she fell in love with a tax attorney. A Sheldon. <laughs> Sheldon. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Well, it's Ira, actually, but it's the same. I'm sorry, Harry. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? What happened with you guys? Interior, restaurant, day. Sally and Harry having coffee, or maybe a glass of wine. When Joe and I started seeing each other, we wanted exactly the same thing. We wanted to live together, but we weren't going to get married. Because every time everyone we knew got married, it ruined their relationship. They practically never had sex again. It's true. It's one of the secrets no one ever tells you. I would sit around with my girlfriends who had kids. Well, actually, my one girlfriend who... Um, had kids, Alice, and she would complain about how she and Gary never did it anymore. She didn't even complain about it. She didn't even complain about it now that I think about it. She just said it matter-of-factly. They were up all night. They were both exhausted all the time. The kids just took every sexual impulse they had out of them. And Joe and I used to talk about it and say, we're so lucky. We have this wonderful relationship and we can have sex on the kitchen floor and not worry about the kid walking in. We can fly off to Rome on a moment's notice. And then one day I was taking Alice's little girl for the afternoon. I promised to take her to the circus and we were in a cab playing I spy, you know, I spy lamppost, I spy a mailbox. And she looked out the window and there was this man and this woman with two little kids. The man had one of the kids on his shoulders and Alice's little girl said, I spy a family. And I started to cry. You know, I just started crying. And I went home and I said, the thing is, Joe, we never do fly off to Rome on a moment's notice. Well, what about the kitchen floor? Not once. It's this very cold and hard Mexican ceramic tile. Anyway, we talked about it for a long time. And I said, this is what I want. And he said, well, I don't. And I said, I guess it's over. And he left. And the truth is, I feel really fine. I am over him. I really am over him. That was it for him. That was the most he could give. And every time I think about it, the more I'm more and more convinced I did the right thing. 
They sound really healthy. Yeah. Exterior, 77th Street walk, dusk. Harry and Sally walking together. The sun is setting. At least I got the apartment. Everyone says that to me too. But what's so hard about getting an apartment? You know, you read the obituaries, you find out who died, you go see the doorman. And they should put the two sections together, real estate, obituaries. Mr. Klein died today, leaving a wife, two children, and a spacious three-bedroom apartment with a wood-burning fireplace. (laughs) (laughs) When we first met, I really didn't like you that much. I didn't like you. (laughs) Well, you did too. I mean, you were just so uptight. Now you're much softer. I hate that kind of remark. I just hate it. It looks like a compliment, but really it's an insult, you know? Okay, you're still as hard as nails. I just didn't want to sleep with you. So you had to write it off to a character flaw instead of dealing with the possibility that it might have something to do with you. What's the statute of limitations on apologies? Ten years. Ah, I can just get it in under the wire. Would you like to have dinner with me sometime? Will we becoming friends now? Well, I... I guess we could. A woman friend. This is amazing. You know, you may be the first attractive woman I have not wanted to sleep with in my entire life. That's wonderful, Harry. As they continue to walk along, we fade in to documentary footage. A series of quick cuts on different older couples each of them sitting on a love seat and looking at the camera. She was wearing a white dress with little daisies on it. He had a Borsellino hat. A bright red coat with black buttons. A blue suit. He told me after it was the first suit he got from a real tailor. And her hair, she had a white flower. A camellia. Fade into a tight shot of one of those toy felt birds that somehow is able to miraculously keep dunking its beak into a glass of water. Wider to reveal Harry is sitting in his office staring blankly at this ornithological phenomenon. As Harry stares, we hear the sound of a phone ringing. It is picked up by Sally. Hello? You sleeping? No, I was watching Casablanca. What channel? 11. Got it. As Harry continues to stare at the bird, we hear a few lines of dialogue from Casablanca. Of all the gin joints, etc. As the Casablanca dialogue continues, we cut to Harry's apartment, Day. Harry is trying to hang a picture in what is an otherwise virtually empty apartment. He checks the picture for placement against the wall. So now you're telling me you would be happier with Victor Laszlo than with Humphrey Bogart. Holding his finger on the spot, he gently taps the nail into the wall. When did I say that? When we drove to New York. I never said that. I would never say that. Harry gives the nail one more tap and a big chunk of plaster comes out of the wall. Harry surveys it, then decides to leave the picture against the wall on the floor. He walks away. Cut to interior, Harry's apartment, day. Harry is sitting in his, in his one chair, trying to read a book. He has the thermometer in his mouth. He can't concentrate. He keeps reading the same paragraph over and over. 
Finally, he flips to the last page and reads. How have you been sleeping? Not great. Maybe I've come down with something. Last night I was up at four in the morning watching Leave it to Beaver in Spanish. Buenos dias, señor Cleaver. Donde este Wallace? Yeah, Theodora? I am not well. Throughout the following, we see a series of shots showing Sally busily typing in her office. Sally shopping in Bloomingdale's. Sally tap dancing in a studio. Sally picking up groceries. Sally fixing dinner, chopping, setting table, being good to herself. I went to bed at 7.30 last night. I haven't done that since the third grade. Well, that's a good thing about depression. And get your rest. I'm not depressed. Oh, okay. I'm fine. Uh, uh, put on 23. It's that new talk show. How can you watch that? What? You don't find it interesting watching naked people discussing insider trading? I guess my scope is limited. ESPN? I'm there. What's the deal with arena football? Well, it's good. It's if, if, if it catches on, there's no telling where it could lead. You know, arena golf, arena yachting. Exterior movie theater. Harry and Sally walking out of a movie theater and down the street. It is day. Do you still sleep on the same side of the bed? I did for a while, but now I'm pretty much using the whole bed. Oh, God, that's so great. I feel weird when it just my, my leg wanders over. I, I miss her. Cut to interior Chinese restaurant, night. Sally is going through a very detailed ordering session. The waiter is trying to keep up. Harry just stares. You know, I don't miss him. I really don't. Not even a little? You know what I miss? I miss the idea of him. Maybe I only missed the idea of Helen. Nah, I missed the whole Helen. Cut to exterior street day. Harry and Sally are walking along. Sally spots a mailbox, stops, opens her purse, and pulls out a stack of mail. She proceeds to place the mail in the box, one letter at a time, checking to see that each letter has safely entered the box. Harry stands impatiently waiting. I found this book that gives you some really good tips on how to enjoy being alone. Like what? Like never eat standing up, make a nice meal for yourself, and sit at a table. Sounds good. As soon as I get a table, that's exactly what I'll do. Harry's impatience with Sally's letter mailing has gotten the best of him. He impulsively grabs the remaining letters in her hands, opens the box, shoves them in, then hustles her off. Last scene of Casablanca. And now, interior, Sally's bedroom, night. Sally in bed on the phone, watching Casablanca on TV and talking to, interior, Harry's bedroom, night. Harry in bed on the phone, watching Casablanca. Cut back and forth or use split screen. Ingrid Bergman. Now she, she is low maintenance. Low maintenance? Yeah. There are two kinds of women. High maintenance and low maintenance. And Ingrid, Ingrid Bergman is low maintenance. And LM. Definitely. Which one am I? The worst one. You are high maintenance, but you think you're low maintenance. I don't see that. You don't see that. 
Um, I'll start with the house salad, but don't put the regular dressing on it. I'll have the balsamic vinegar and oil instead, but on the side. And then the salmon with mustard sauce, but I want the sauce on the side, on the side. It's like a very big thing with you, this side thing. Well, I just want it the way I want it. Right. High maintenance. Borgard says, Louis, this could be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Oh, God, that's the best line of a movie ever. I am definitely coming down with something. It's probably like a 24-hour tumor. You've been going around. You don't have a tumor. How do you know? If you're so worried, go see a doctor. No, no, you'll just tell me it's nothing. Ah. Are you going to be able to sleep? Ah, If not, you know, I'll be okay. What do you do? Uh, I'll stay up and moan. Wait, let me practice now. Good night. Good night, Sally. As he continues to moan, they hang up. Fade in to exterior Lincoln Center, day. Harry and Sally walking past a Henry Moore sculpture. I dreamed I was making love. And the Olympic judges were watching as usual. I nailed the compulsories so that this is it, the finals. I get a 9.8 from the Canadian. I get a perfect 10 from the American. And my mother, dressed as an East German, gives me a 5.6. There's any meaning to that? Cut to exterior Central Park Arbor day. Harry and Sally in the park on a gorgeous fall day. They're sharing a big pretzel. Basically, it's the same one I've had since I was 12. What happens? It's very embarrassing. Don't tell me. Okay, there's this guy. What does he look like? I don't know. He's sort of faceless. A faceless guy. Okay, then what happens? He rips off my clothes. And then what? That's it. That's it? (laughs) Well, a faceless guy rips off your clothes, and that's the sex fantasy you've been having since you were 12. Exactly the same? I mean, sometimes I vary it a little. Which part of it do you vary? What I'm wearing? Interior, Metropolitan Museum, dusk. Harry and Sally are walking through the Egyptian temple exhibit. I've decided for the rest of the day, we're going to talk like this. Like this? Repeat after me. Repeat after me? May I have some pepper? May I have some pepper? Pepper! 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 May I have some pepper on my paprika? <laughs> May I have some pepper on my paprika? Hmm, I think I'll have some of the tomato juice. I think I'll have some of the tomato juice. Do you want to go to a movie with me tonight? Do you want to go to a movie with me tonight? No, answer the question. Do you want to go to a movie tonight? Oh, I'd love to, Harry, but I can't. What? Do you have a hot debt? As a matter of fact, I do. Really? I was going to tell you, but I don't know. I felt strange about it. Why? 
I don't know. We've been so. Hey, it, it's fine with me. We're friends. I, I, I think it's great that you have a date. You sure? Sure. Is that what you're wearing? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know why. <sighs> I just think you should wear skirts more. You know, you look really good in skirts. I do. Yeah. You know, Harry, you should get out there too. No, no, I'm not ready. It's time. No, I can't. I, I can't. You should. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe I will. I don't know. Maybe. Cut to interior. Harry's apartment. Day. Harry and Sally are unrolling a new rug. It was the most uncomfortable night of my life. The first date back is always the toughest. You only had one date. How do you know it won't get worse? Well, how much worse can it get than finishing dinner, having him reach over, pull a hair out of my head, and start flossing with it at the table? You're talking dream date compared to my horror. I think it's got to go this way. It started out fine. You know, she was a very nice person, and we were just talking at this Ethiopian restaurant she wanted to go to. You know, I, I was making some jokes, like, uh, I didn't know they had food in Ethiopia, you know, this will be a quick meal, and we'll order two empty plates and leave, nothing, nothing. I just smile, you know? So I downshift into small talk, and I ask her where she went to school, and she says Michigan State, it reminds me of Helen. And all of a sudden, I'm in the middle of this massive anxiety attack, and my heart's just beating like a wild man. I'm sweating like a pig. Helen went to Michigan State? No, she went to Northwestern, but they're both Big Ten schools. <clears throat> I was so upbeat, I had to leave the restaurant. Harry, I think it takes a long time. It might be months before we're actually able to enjoy going out with someone new. Yeah. And maybe even longer before we'll be able to go to bed with someone new. Well, I did go to bed with her. You went to bed with her? Yeah. Oh. Is this too green? Interior, batting cage in Queens, day. Harry and Jess with bats in hand at the machine waits for them to put in quarters. I don't understand this relationship. What do you mean? You enjoy being with her. Yes. You find her attractive. Yes. And you're not sleeping with her. No. What are you afraid of? Like, you... You're afraid to let yourself be happy. Oh, come on. We, why can't you give me credit for this? This is a big step for me, Jess, having a relationship with a woman that doesn't involve sex. I have never been able to do this. I feel like I'm growing. Two nine-year-olds are waiting to use the batting cage and are watching Harry and Jess just stand there. Are you finished batting? I got a whole pocket full of quarters and I was here first, okay? You were not. Was too. We're not. Was too, little creep. Where was I? You were growing. Yes, it is very free. I can say anything now. Are you saying you can say things to her you can't say to me? No, no. It's just, it's just different. You know, it's a whole different perspective. I get a woman's point of view on things. You know, she tells me about the men she goes out with, and I can talk to her about the women I see. You tell her about other women? Yeah. Like the other night, I made love to a woman. It was so incredible. I took her to a place that wasn't human. She actually 
You made a woman meow? Yes, that is the point. I can say these things to her. And the great thing is, I don't have to lie because I'm not always thinking about how to get her into bed. I can just be myself. You made a woman meow. Exterior, Carnegie Delicatessen, day. Establishing shot. Interior, Carnegie Delicatessen, day. Harry and Sally, each about to eat large pastrami sandwiches. So what do you do with these women? You just get up out of bed and leave? Sure. Explain to me how you do it. Like, what do you say? I have an early meeting or an early haircut or an early squash game. You don't play squash. They don't know that. They just met me. That's disgusting. Yeah, I know. I feel terrible. I am so glad I never got involved with you. I just would have ended up being some lady you had to get up out of bed and leave at three in the morning and go clean your andirons. And you don't even have a fireplace. Not that I would know this. Why are you getting so upset? This isn't about you. Yes, it is. You're a human affront to all women. I'm a woman. Look, I don't feel great about this, but I don't hear anyone complaining. Of course not. You're at the door too fast. (laughs) I think they have an okay time. How do you know? What do you mean, how do I know? I know. Because they... Yeah, because they... How do you know they're really... What do you say? Would they fake orgasms? It's possible. Get out of here. Why? Most women at one time or another have faked it. Yeah, well, they haven't faked it with me. Okay. How do you know? Because I know. Oh, right. I forgot. You're a man. (sighs) What is that supposed to mean? Nothing. It's just that all men are sure it never happens to them. And all women at one time or another have done it. So you do the math. (sighs) Well, you don't think I can tell the difference? No. (sighs) Please don't be ridiculous. Sally just stares at Harry. A seductive look comes over her face. Slowly, she laughs into the beginning of what builds to be a wild orgasm. Oh. Oh. Are you all right? Oh. Oh. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Sally finishes, takes another bite of her sandwich, smiles innocently. Hold on Harry in shock and the rest of the customers and the waitress who couldn't help but overhear Sally's performance. I'll have what she's having. Fade in, exterior, 96th Street, Christmas tree stand, day. It's Christmas in New York. Sally and Harry, bundled up against the cold, are standing at the Christmas tree stand on the corner, trying to figure out which one to buy. Sally finally chooses one and pays for it. She and Harry pick it up together, one holding the top and the other holding the bottom, and start to carry it to Sally's together. Interior, Sally's kitchen, day. 
Sally has a pastry tube in her hands and she's sitting at a table writing names on Christmas cookies with her friend, Alice, and Alice's five-year-old daughter, Amy. His name was Raymond Bradley. Don't even bother committing it to memory. Oh, I love hearing about horrible dates. What happened? He has an air coat. Here, let me have your hand. Amy puts her hand out as if she was going to be manicured, and Sally decorates her nails with icing. An air collection? Yeah, he collects air. He has Hmm. all these mason jars that are labeled. They commemorate important dates in history, like the March on Washington and the day the Met won the World Series. He was at these events? Sally has finished manicuring Amy's nails and starts to write Harry's name on a Christmas cookie. No. Whenever something important happens, he just goes outside, opens up the mason jar, and scoops up some air, caps it, and labels it. I don't see why you don't get involved with your friend Harry. Because that's just it. We're friends. But if you could be more... No, he's... He's what? He's a mess. Then why are you making cookies for him? He's a nice mess. Interior, New Year's Eve party, night. We know it's New Year's Eve because people are wearing funny hats and there's one of those mirrored things hanging from the ceiling and casting twinkle lights on a fairly large crowd of revelers in a large room somewhere in Manhattan. A band is playing. Harry and Sally are dancing. Harry dips her. I really want to thank you for taking me out tonight. Oh, forget it. You know, the next year, if neither one of us is with somebody, you've got a date. It's a deal. They dance for a moment. He glances at Sally, and for a split second, we see the beginnings of something. An inkling. A little tender moment. Do you want to get some air? You do. They cross out onto the deck. Do you think the fact that we're friends is keeping us from finding someone? Yes. So I think we should just stop being friends, go home right now, and start making love. You don't mean that. You know you don't. And now we hear 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Happy New Year. Everyone kisses. Harry and Sally kiss. It is very awkward. Should it be platonic? Should it be more? They break. It is slightly uncomfortable. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Fade in on documentary footage. Another series of quick cuts of different older couples, each of them sitting on a love seat and looking at the camera. My mother wanted me to meet him. She knew his mother from church. No, no, it was my brother who thought of it. My brother said, there's a new man at the office. He's very tall. She was going out with my friend Michael. He brought her to my sister's wedding. We were supposed to meet at his brother's wedding. My cousin's wedding. But we didn't because his brother didn't marry that girl. Remember her, the one from the, from the telephone company? My aunt has called one night. She just rented the spare room to a nice young man, a dentist. I was going out with her sister. I liked her sister all right, but then I saw her. 
So then one day we were all at the beach, Jones Beach, Rockaway Beach, and we met. Exterior, West Broadway, near a restaurant, early evening. Sally and her friend Marie walking down the street on their way to a restaurant. You sent flowers to yourself? $60 I spent on this big, stupid arrangement of flowers. And I wrote a card that I planned to leave out on the front table where Arthur would just happen to see it. Wait, what did the card say? Please say yes. Love, Jonathan. Did it work? He didn't even come over. He forgot some charity thing his wife was chairman of. He's never going to leave her. Of course he isn't. You're right. You're right. I know you're right. Where is this place? Somewhere in the next block. (sighs) can't believe I'm doing this. Look, Harry is one of my best friends, and you are one of my best friends. And if by some chance... You two hit it off. We could all still be friends instead of drifting apart the way you do when you get involved with someone who doesn't know your friends. You and I haven't drifted apart since I started seeing Arthur. If Arthur ever left his wife and I actually met him, I'm sure you and I would drift apart. He's never going to leave her. Of course he isn't. You're right. You're right. I know you're right. Exterior, West Broadway, near restaurant, night. Harry and his friend Jess coming down the street. I hate myself for letting you talk me into this. You know, I finally got into a place in my life where I'm comfortable with the fact that it's just me and my work. If she's so great, why aren't you taking her out? How many times do I have to tell you we're just friends? So you're saying she's not that attractive? No, I told you that she was attractive. But you also said she has a good personality. She does have a good personality. What? When someone's not attractive, they're always described as having a good personality. Look, if you had asked me what she looks like and I said she had a good personality, that means she's not attractive. But just because I happen to mention she has a good personality, she could be either. She could be not attractive with a good personality or attractive with a good with a good personality. So which one is she? Attractive. But not beautiful, right? Interior restaurant. Harry, Jess, Sally, Marie at a table. A waiter has just brought them drinks. Oh really? Well, where are you from? South Orange. Hayfield. I've never been to Haydenfield. It's nice. I'm sure it's great. They all look at each other. Then they look at their menus. So what are we going to order? I'm going to start with the grilled radicchio. Yes, Sally is a great orderer. It's not just that she always picks the best thing on the menu. She orders it in such a way that it comes out in a way the chef had no idea how good it could be. I think restaurants have become too important. I agree. Restaurants are to people in the 80s what theater was to people in the 60s. I read that in a magazine. I wrote it. You did? I never quoted anything from a magazine in my life. That's amazing. Don't you think that's amazing? And you wrote it. I also wrote... 
uh, uh, pesto is the quiche of the 80s. Stop it. <laughs> really? I read that in the TWA in-flight magazine. The ambassador. The issue with the picture of the two people at a table in a restaurant like this. Very pristine. Like a hospital. No one's ever quoted me back to me. Harry and Sally look on as Marie and Jess start to chatter. Cut to exterior restaurant night. As Harry, Sally, Jess, and Marie come out of the restaurant. That was a great meal. I'm stuffed. You want to walk a little? Sure. All three respond with sure, sure. Exterior, West Broadway night. They start to walk up the avenue. All four of them in a row, ad-libbing about the meal and what a nice night it is. They walk past a shoe store, and Marie suddenly yanks Sally over, ostensibly to look at the shoes. The two men keep walking. Sally. Like him? Harry? Yeah, he is nice, but how do you feel about Jess? He seems okay. I couldn't really get a sense of... You think you'd go out with him? I don't know. I, I mean... Because I feel very comfortable with him. You want to go out with Jess? Would it be okay with you? Sure. Sure. I'm just worried about Harry. He's very sensitive. He's going through a rough period. Um, so don't, like, like reject him right now, you know? Oh, no, I, I wouldn't. I, I totally understand. Cut to exterior West Broadway night. Harry and Jess, apparently in the midst of an identical conversation, they're stopped in front of a running equipment store. If you don't think you're going to call Marie, do you mind if I call her? Well, no, no. But, but for tonight, you shouldn't. Uh, you know, Sally's very, very vulnerable. I mean, you can call Mary. Uh, it's fine in a week, you know, after a decent in- in- interval. But don't make any moves tonight. Yeah, fine, fine. No problem. No problem. You know, I wasn't thinking about tonight. The women join them. Well, I don't feel like walking anymore. Uh, I think I'll get a cab. I'll go with you. Great. Taxi? The cab screeches to a halt, and Jess and Marie get into it, and it pulls away, leaving Sally and Harry on the curb. They look at each other. Agenda? Who's Fade in on documentary footage. Couple A again. But he didn't pay any attention to me that day. He was hanging around a fancy smancy girl named Rebecca Draper. And I didn't like his. I didn't like her. And that's the truth. Six months later, though, we met again at a Spanish Civil War rally. And the rest is history. Fade in, interior, the sharper image, day. One of those places with gifts for people who have everything. Harry and Sally browsing through. There's a remote-controlled blimp, a giant Swiss army knife, etc. We're never going to find anything here. We should have gone to the plant store. She picks up a pitch, uh, a pith helmet with a battery-operated fan in it, puts it down in disgust. Here, the perfect thing. Everyone needs one of these. He turns on one of those machines that allows you to sing the lead to the backup vocals and instrumental on a song, a.k.a. karaoke. Harry puts in one of the cassettes there. Immediately, the instrumental for the Surrey with the fringe on top comes on. 
Harry starts singing giddily. Chicks and ducks and geese better scurry when I take you out in the surrey. When I take you out in the surrey with the fringe on top. Watch that fringe and see how it flutters. He's really carried away going on, goes on singing. And now Sally joins in singing too, as the absurd and dizzy instrumental continues. When I drive them high stepping strutters, nose it pokes a peek through the shutters and their eyes go pop. They sing along and they both get more and more idiotic. Suddenly Harry turns pale and stops singing. Sally continues on for a moment and then notices something's wrong. The wheels are yellow, the upholstery's brown, the dashboard's genuine leather. The backup music continues as she stops too. What's the matter? It's my voice, isn't it? You hate my voice. I have a terrible voice. I know. Joe hated it. Every time I would sing something, he would say, please don't sing. It's Helen. What? It's Helen. She's right there. Coming right at me. The backup vocal continues as we see coming toward Harry, a dark haired, very chic woman. Helen, accompanied by a tall, attractive Ira. How are you, Harry? Fine. Uh, fine. Fine. This is Ira Stone. Harry Burns. Ira. They shake hands. It's very awkward. Harry suddenly remembers Sally. Uh, uh, Sally Albright. This is uh, Sally Albright. Uh, Helen Hilson and Ira. Hi. Nice to meet you. Terrible moment. Harry is about to faint. Well, see you. Yeah. Bye, bye, Ira. A smile, and they move on. Hold on, Harry, about to faint. You okay? I'm perfect. Harry looks like one of those cartoon characters who's been struck on the head with a mallet. You know, she looked weird. She looked very weird. Didn't you think she looked weird? never seen her before trust me she looked weird she her hate her leg looked heavier too didn't you think she is retaining water that's Harry. what the woman saved everything exterior plant shop day sally is paying for a plant harry is just staring blankly into a ficus sally approaches you sure you're okay yeah, I'm fine. It had to happen at some point. In a city of 8 million people, you know, you're bound to run into your former wife. And so it happened. No, no, I'm fine. I mean, it, it was like catharsis. You know, I looked death in the face and shook its hand. And now I feel great. I feel okay. Interior, Jess and Marie's apartment, day. A nice west side floor through with a beautiful fireplace and a great deal of furniture. About twice as much furniture as is necessary, as a matter of fact. Marie and Jess in sneakers, jeans, baggy shirts are clearly in the middle of some sort of dispute as Harry sets down the plant. Sally oohs and ahs about the apartment, the paint job, etc. Harry is still distracted. There are a few unpacked boxes, some books, a couple of ashtrays, a glass, etc., It works for me. It says home to me. It works. 
Hey, okay, well, let Harry and Sally be the judge. What do you think of it? Marie points to a large wagon wheel that's been made into a coffee table with a round plate glass over it. Harry looks at Jess, who's glaring at him. I said it's nice. Case closed. Jess smiles victorious. Of course he thinks it's nice. He's a guy. Sally? Sally crinkles up her nose. See? What is so awful about it? It's so awful that there is no way to begin to explain what is so awful about it. I don't object to any of your things. Look, if we had an extra room, you could put it in there with all your things, including your bar stools, and I would never have to see it. You don't like my bar stools? Marie looks at him. Of course she doesn't like his bar stools. Jess turns to Harry for help. Harry, we now see, has sat down in a lone chair by the window, and he's staring out like a forlorn figure in a Marguerite painting. Harry? Someone has to be on my side. No response from Harry. I'm on your side. I'm just trying to help you have good taste. I have good taste. Everyone in the world thinks they have a sense of humor and good taste, but they don't all. You all start out like this. You know, he started out like this. Helen and I, we had blank walls. We hung things. We looked at watches. You know what happens? Six years later, you wind up singing Siri with the fringe on top in front of Ira. Harry, I know you're upset, but do we have to talk about this right now? What's wrong with right now? You know, it's a perfect time to talk about this. I just want to see them. I just want to see them. I want them to see the realities of what this leads to. Everything's fine. Everybody's in love. Everybody's happy. And before you know it, you're screaming at each other about who owns the stereo. Something. up a cracked ashtray. You'll be funny about this dish. I mean it. I mean it. Put your name in the books. Now, while you're unpacking them, before they get all mixed up together, and you can't remember whose is whose, because someday, believe it or not, you're going to be fighting over who's going to get this coffee table, this stupid wagon wheel coffee table. Thought you liked it. I was just being nice. Harry slams out the door. Sally looks at Jess and Marie. Just bumped into Helen. Sally goes out the door, leaving Jess and Marie. I want you to know that I will never want that wagon wheel coffee table. Exterior, Jess and Marie's apartment, day. Harry pacing in front of the stoop. Sally comes down the steps. I know, I know, I should have done that. Harry, you have to find a way of not expressing every feeling you have every moment you have them. Oh, really? Yes. There are times and places for things. Well, when you're giving your next lecture series in social graces, let me know. I'll sign up. You don't have to get angry about it. I think I'm entitled to a little anger when I'm being told how to live my life by Miss Hospital Corners. You're about to cross the line, Harry. So what? Is that the end of the world, crossing the line? You know, you know what your problem is? You stand too far behind the line. 
I don't even think you see the line from where you're standing. What is that supposed to mean? I mean, nothing bothers you. You never get upset about anything. Don't be ridiculous. What? You never got upset about Joe. I never see it back up on you. How is that possible? Don't you experience any feelings of loss? I've experienced my loss. I've had my mourning period. I'm done with it. What mourning period? One hour in Bloomingdale's? You bought a pocketbook and a and heartbreak just flew out the window. I don't have to take this from you. Kelly storms back into the building. Harry follows. If you're so over Joe, why haven't you been seeing anyone? I see people. Sally storms back out into the street. Harry follows her down the street. See people? Look, 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 hey, let me ask you something. Have you slept with one person since you broke up with Joe? What the hell does that have to do with anything? That will prove I'm over Joe because I fuck somebody? Harry, you're going to have to move back to New Jersey because you've slept with everybody in New York, and I don't see that turning Helen into a faint memory for you. Besides, I'll make love to someone when it's making love, not the way you do it, like you're out for revenge or something. Are you finished now? Yes. Can I ask you something? Yes. Do snapping turtles really snap? Is there an audible snap? Do they... Harry. Sally makes a locking her, locking her lip motion. She then throws away the imaginary key. Harry complies with her instructions. He then silently points back to Jess and Marie's, indicating, should we go back inside? Sally nods. As they walk back into the house, Harry starts to speak. Sally makes the locking gesture again. Again, Harry complies. They walk back up the steps and into the house. Interior, Jess and Marie's apartment, night. It's all furnished now, very comfortable, not lavish. A corduroy couch, lots of books and records, a couple of quilts hanging over the back of chairs, no wagon wheel coffee table. A game of win, lose, or draw is in progress. Sally team, Sally's team consists of Harry, Alice, and Jess. Emily, Harry's date, is snuggled up against him. Alice's husband, Gary... Marie and Julian, Sally's date, are part of the other team. Sally, uh, Sally is feverishly drawing what is supposed to be a baby. It's a monkey. It's a, it's a monkey. Monkey see, monkey do. Sally shakes no and keeps drawing. An ape? Going ape? It's a baby. 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 Sally nods yes and writes the word baby on the paper. She continues to draw what looks like a big mouth. Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes? She already said it's a baby. How about Planet of the Dopes? Well, it doesn't look like a baby. 30 seconds. Sally now has drawn what looks like arrows on lines coming out of the mouth. A uh, big mouth. Baby, baby mouth. Martha Ray's the baby. Uh, Martha baby burp, baby. burping the baby. Baby teeth? Baby, baby ape. Baby, 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 burp. The baby got back? What, the baby? No, baby ape. Will you forget ape? It's not an ape. Uh, baby fish. Uh, baby fish mouth. Ten Harry seconds. Oh, um, crying baby. Feed the baby. Baby, baby food. Baby food. What? It needs to be changed. It's an, it's an unhappy baby. It's a, it's a. That's it. Mm. It time's up. Baby talk. 
Baby talk? What's that? That's not a saying. Oh, like baby fish mouth. That's a saying. (sighs) Gary? Gary, you in the room? What's the score? Sorry. What's the score, Gary? Give us the score. (laughs) On. I can't find it. I was just watching you. Final score. Our team, 110. You guys, 60. (laughs) <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I thought you did great. Anybody for coffee? Yeah. 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 I'll help you. Sally and Marie head towards the kitchen. It never looked like a baby to me. Where's the bathroom? Down the hall to the right. Emily gives Harry a kiss as she heads away. Sally notices this as Julian, Alice, and Gary recap the game. Uh, Jess, you were going to show me the cover up for your new book. Oh, yeah, it's in the den. As they go off, interior, kitchen, Sally and Marie go about getting the coffee ready. Emily's a little young for Harry, don't you think? Interior, den. Does Julian seem a little stuffy to you? Interior, kitchen. She's young, but look at what she's done. What has she done? She makes dessert. Interior, den a good guy. You should talk to him. Get to know him. He's too tall to talk to. Interior kitchen. It's not just desserts. She makes 3,500 chocolate mousse pies a week. Emily's Aunt Emily? Interior den. He took us to a Mets game last week. It was great. We all went to a Mets game. Yeah, it was a last minute thing. Sally hates baseball. Interior kitchen. Harry doesn't even like sweets. Julian's great. I know. He's a grown-up. I've never been with a grown-up. Interior den. Emily seems terrific. Uh, Of course, when I asked her where she was when Ted Kennedy was shot, she said, Ted Kennedy was shot? (sighs) Interior, Harry's bedroom, night. Harry in bed reading, trying not to look at the last page, but finally he can't help himself. As he flips to the last page, the phone rings. He reaches for the phone and answers it. Hello? Are you alone? Uh, Yeah, I I was just finishing a book. Could you come over? What's the matter? He's getting married. Julian? No, Joe. Interior hallway outside Sally's apartment, night. Harry comes out of the elevator in a hurry, rings Sally's bell. Sally opens the door. She's wearing sweatpants and a sweatshirt. She looks terrible, big red nose. She starts to cry. Come on in. Harry puts his arms around her. Yeah, I'm sorry to call you so late. Oh, it's okay. She goes on sobbing, Harry holding her. Sally pulls back and gives a huge wheeze. I need need a Kleenex. Sally starts into the apartment. He just called me up, just wanted to see how you were. Fine. How are you? Fine. Interior, Sally's bedroom, night. Sally enters the room, goes for the Kleenex, blows her nose, then sits on the bed. Harry sits next to her. His secretary's on vacation. Everything's backed up. He's got a big case in Newark, blah, blah, blah. 
I'm sitting on the phone thinking, I am over him. I am really over him. I can't believe I was ever remotely interested in any of this. And then he said, I have some news. Sally, Sally starts to cry again. She works in his office. She's a paralegal. Her name is Kimberly. He just met her. She's supposed to be his transitional person. She's not supposed to be the one. All this time I've been saying he didn't want to get married. The truth is he didn't want to get married to me. He didn't love me. If you could have him back right now, would you take him back? No. But why didn't he want to marry me? Why didn't he love me? What's the matter with me? Nothing. I'm difficult. You're challenging. I'm too structured. I'm completely closed off. Yeah, but in a good way. No, no, I drove him away. Crying even harder now. <laughs> and I'm going to be 40. When? Someday. In eight years. But it's there. It's just sitting there like a big dead end. It's not the same for men. Charlie Chaplin had babies when he was 73. Yeah, but he was too old to pick them up. Hey, come here. Come here. It's going to be all right. We'll be okay. I'm making a mess of your sweater. That's all right. It wasn't my, one of my favorites anyway. Harry holds her. He gives her a kiss. Starts to break the hug. Make you some tea. Harry, could you hold me a little longer? Sure. Harry holds her. After a beat, Sally looks up at him, almost searching for something. Finally, she kisses him. A hungry, needy kiss. Harry is caught slightly off guard, but returns the kiss. As they begin to passionately make love. Interior, Sally's bedroom, later. They've made love. Both of them lying in bed. Sally is in Harry's arms. Sally has a smile on her face. Harry stares straight ahead. You comfortable? Mm -hmm. Do you want something to drink or something? No, no, that's okay. Well, I'm going to get it for some water so it's no trouble. Okay. Water. Interior kitchen, night. Sally at the sink, running some water into two glasses with ice. Hold on her face, a little smile breaks through. Interior bedroom night. Harry lying in Sally's bed, still staring straight ahead. In the room is a stuffed animal of some sort, maybe Sally's old teddy bear, a pink quilt. Hold on his face, petrified. Interior hallway night. As Sally comes back from the kitchen with ice water and into interior bedroom night, Harry is sitting up in bed with the lights on, looking through a box of index cards. Sally gets into bed next to him. You know, you can know someone a long time, but until you go to bed with them, you don't really know they have all their videotapes alphabetized and on index cards. Sally hands him the water. A silence while Harry desolatorily goes through the box. Unbelievably awkward. Every sound is louder than it actually is. The rifle of the index cards, 
Sally taking a gulp of water, Harry rearranging his pillow. You want to watch something? No, no. Well, not unless you do. No, that's okay. So do you want to go to sleep? Sure. They turn out the lights. Hold on them lying there. Are you comfortable? Sure. It's a very hard mattress. I like hard mattresses. You Do you want to turn off the light? Sure. Harry flips off the light. Good night, Harry. Good night, Sally. Harry closes his eyes. Sally's are open. Hold on her. She closes them. Harry's open and hold on them lying there. Interior bedroom, the middle of the night. Sally fast asleep, Harry wide awake, staring at the digital clock, which says 4.06 a.m. Interior bedroom, almost dawn. Sally in bed asleep. The clock now says 5.59 a.m. It clicks to 6 a.m. Sally wakes up, sees the other half of the bed empty. Where's Harry? She turns over and sees him getting dressed. Where are you going? Uh, I gotta go. Sally stares at him. I, I have to go home and change from yesterday's clothes and today's clothes, and I have to go to work, and so do you. And after work, I would like to take you out to dinner if you're free. Are you free? Yes. Fine. I'll, I'll call you later. Fine. Harry gives her a little kiss, walks out. Hold on her in bed at the door as the door slams. Next to her is the phone. Interior, Jess and Marie's bedroom, morning. A bed with two phones on either side. Jess and Marie asleep in bed. The phone on Marie's side of the bed starts to ring. Marie and Jess both wake up. Look at the clock. They can't believe how early it is. It rings again. Doors. Marie picks up the phone, pulls the phone onto the bed. Hello. Sorry to call so early. You all right? I did something terrible. No one I know would call at this hour. What did you do? The phone rings on Jess's side of the bed. No one I know would call at this hour. Uh, Jess, I think the depth of our friendship Awful. Uh, implies a call at any hour policy. Split screen now so that we can see Marie and Jess in their bed on their phones, talking to Sally in her apartment at the far right and Harry on a payphone in the street on the far left. Harry came over last night. What's the matter? I went over to Sally's last night. I think this is actually Sally's line. Oh, thank you. Because I was upset that Joe was getting married. And one thing led to another. He was comforting me, and before I knew it, we were kissing, and then... To make a long story short... We did it. They did it. That's great, Sally. We've been praying for it. You should have done it in the first place. For four months, we've been saying, if only they would do it. You belong together. It would be like killing two birds with one stone. It's like 
two wrongs make a right. That's great. How, How was, was it? it? Uh, the during part was good. Good. Uh, but after I, I, I started feeling suffocated. But then I guess it wasn't. Sorry. The worst. I, I just, I just, I wanted to get out of there. Like he just disappeared. I feel terrible. I'm so embarrassed. Good feel terrible. It's horrible. I, I think I'm coming down with something. Jim Cole. Look, it would have been great if it worked, but it didn't. You should never go to bed with anyone. Tell me about it. When you've just found out that your last boyfriend is getting married. Now you really have cosmic mess on your hands. I knew if I called you, you'd make me feel better. It's always a mistake. Who's that talking? Who? Is that Jess on the phone? Oh, it's uh, uh, Jane Fonda on the VCR. It's Brian Gumble. Do you want to come over for breakfast? I, I'm really Marie and Jess look at each other horrified. Yeah, I, I'm really not up for it. I feel too awful. Good. Good. I, I mean, it's so early. Look, call me later if you want to talk. I'll call you later, okay? Everyone hangs up. Sally and Harry vanish from the sides of the screen. Hold on, Marie and Jess. Marie looks at Jess. God. Oh. Tell me I'll never have to be out there again. Jess puts his arms around her and holds her. You'll never have to be out there again. Interior, Sally's bathroom, day. Sally looking at herself in the mirror as she puts on makeup. I'll just say we made a mistake. Interior, Harry's bathroom, day. Harry is showering in his own shower. Sally, it was a mistake. Interior, Sally's bathroom, day, as before. I just hope I get to say it first. Just skip a page. Ah, thank you. Uh, Interior, Harry's bathroom, day. Harry's still showering. I hope she says it before I do. Interior, restaurant, night. As the waiter brings Harry and Sally's drinks, both of them take a gulp. It was a mistake. Oh, I am so relieved you think so too. Both of them take swigs of their water. I'm not saying that last night wasn't a physically pleasurable sexual experience. It was. Yes, it was. We never should have done it. I could not agree more. Sally nods, a pause. I'm so relieved. (sighs) Me too. Harry nodding. Sally nodding. Well, that's that. The waiter brings their salads. They start to eat. They eat. Silence. We hear the forks against the plates. More silence. It's just so nice. You know, when you can sit with someone and not have to talk. It just really shows how comfortable you are. Hold on the scene as they go on eating in silence. Hold. Hold. 
Fade in documentary footage. Another older couple on a love scene. What happened was I went to the movies, a matinee of It Happened One Night. And just as a scene where uh, Claudette Colbert hikes up her skirt to get the ride, the projector broke. If that projector did not break right then, I would never have been on the 313 trolley heading home, which I was. And who should sit next to me but my friend Louise? She says to me, let's go get an ice cream soda at Walgreens. We always went to Walgreens. So we get there, we sit down at the counter, and I say, let me have a black and white. That's a, a chocolate soda, um, a chocolate soda with vanilla ice cream. And you know what the guy says to me? We're out of vanilla ice cream. How can you be out of vanilla ice cream? So Louise says, order something else. But my heart is set on a black and white. So we go over to the Armstrong Schroeder, where you should know I never went in my whole life before or since. So there we are drinking my black and white when who should walk by walk in but my brother's friend Stanley who's just bought a new car. A Duesenberg, he tells me, come to the street and see it. So there I am looking at the car when who should come up but this handsome man who says, that's a beauty. What kind is it? A Duesenberg, I tell him. So if it wasn't for a broken projector, I wouldn't be sitting here talking. I would be sitting here talking to you alone. I was just walking down the street. Exterior, Central Park, Bethsaida Fountain, day. Harry and Jess fast walking along. It's just like most of the time you go to bed with someone and then you tell, then she tells you all her stories and then you tell her all your stories with Sally and me, we already heard each other's stories. So once we went to bed, we didn't know what we were supposed to do, you know? Sure, Harry. I don't know. You just get to a certain point in a relationship or maybe it's just too late to have sex, you know? It's sort of like incest. Interior, department store dressing room, day. We can see Marie in her underclothes, Sally in a chair. Is Harry bringing Emily to the wedding? They broke up. Is he seeing anyone? He was seeing this uh, anthropologist. What did she look like? Thin, pretty, big tits. Your basic nightmare. So what do you think? Marie is trying on a very traditional white wedding dress with a train and a veil. Oh, Marie. Tell me the truth. Just beautiful. You don't think it's silly? I mean, white? It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Sally's eyes start to well with tears. It's just so beautiful. Fade in, interior, puck building, the wedding, afternoon. The wedding, a winter wedding with pine bows and holly... Marie in her wedding dress with a gorgeous bouquet of flowers coming through the door of a small banquet room with her father and Sally, who's the maid of honor. A chamber music quartet is playing something by Mozart, and they all come down the aisle to a judge who's standing at the head of the aisle next to Jess and Harry, his best man. Harry looks at Sally as she comes down the aisle. Sally looks at him for a moment, looks away. Interior puck building. Wedding reception, entrance, and kitchen, afternoon. A band is playing. Sally is talking to an older couple who excuse themselves, and as they do, we see Harry approach her. 
Hello. Nice ceremony. Beautiful. Sally is clearly uncomfortable. She's going to behave like someone who is simply is not going to get involved or even pretend interest in the conversation. Boy, these holidays are rough. Every year, I just try to get from the day before Thanksgiving to the day after the years. A lot of suicides. Harry nods. Sally nods. A waiter comes up with a tray of hors d'oeuvres. Would you like a pea pod with shrimp? Thank you. How have you been? Fine. How is everything with Julian? Harry. What? I don't want to talk about this. Okay. Is it because of what happened? I don't want to talk about it. Well, why can't we get past this? I mean, are we going to carry this thing around forever? Forever? It just happened. It happened three weeks ago. You know how a year is to a person? It's it's like seven years to a dog. Yes. Harry throws up his hands as if it's self-explanatory. Is one of us supposed to be a dog in this scenario? Yeah. Who is the dog? Well, you are. I am? I'm the dog. Yes. I'm the dog. People are are starting to notice the intensity of the conversation. Sally is really furious now. She starts towards a large screen that's a few feet from the end of the room, thinking they can get some privacy if she gets behind it. See, I don't see that, Harry. If anyone's a dog, you are the dog. To you, this is something that just happened. And you think you can say, great, it happened. Now let's get on with it. We'll go back to the way it was. Like what happened didn't mean anything. They reach the screen, but there's no getting behind it. There are folded chairs and the bass player's bass case and the drummer's drum suitcase, etc. Sally reverses and starts toward a door out of the room. Harry follows. I'm not saying it didn't mean anything. I'm just saying, why does it have to mean everything? Because it does. And you should know that better than anyone, because the minute it happens, you walk right out the door. I didn't walk out. I... No, sprinted is more like it. But we both agreed. It was a mistake. The worst mistake I ever made. They go through the door Sally was heading for, and now they're in the kitchen. Waiters are banging with the trays, dumping glasses into the sink, opening champagne, etc. Harry and Sally shouting over the din. It's always the same. It's always the same. The minute you make love with someone, oh, the expectation starts. First of all, I'm not someone... Second of all, I don't expect anything from you, okay? Bullshit! You expect me to know how to behave with you now? You don't have to behave anyway with me now, okay? Fine, fine. But let's get on one thing. Let's get one thing straight. I didn't go over there that night to make love to you. That's not why I went there. But what was I supposed to do? You looked at me with those big, weepy eyes. Oh, don't go home tonight, Harry. Hold me a little longer, Harry. What are you saying? You took pity on me? Fuck you. Sally slaps Harry across the face, then bursts out of the kitchen with a stunned Harry right behind her. Interior Puck Building, wedding reception day. The entire wedding party is assembled around the bandstand. The band is playing some kind of musical riff that signals the attention must be paid. Sally comes to a stop. Harry is just behind her. 
There's a crowd of guests assembled in a knot with Jess and Marie, their arms around each other, standing there with their champagne glasses. Jess is in front of the microphone. I want to propose a toast to Harry and Sally. The entire crowd turns toward the two of them. To Harry and Sally, if Marie or I had found either of them remotely attractive, we would not be here today. Everyone laughs and raises their glasses to Harry and Sally. Marie takes her wedding bouquet and lobs it into the air straight at Sally. For a moment, we think that Sally isn't going to make a move for it. She's just going to let it land on the floor. But as the last moment, she reaches out and catches it. Hold on her. Music here. Christmas in New York. Everywhere you look, twinkly lights and happy children and people carrying home big presents and Santa Clauses ringing bells on the street corners. Exterior, 96th Street. Christmas tree stand. Day. Sally in jeans and a plaid jacket has just bought her Christmas tree and the salesman has finished putting plastic netting around it. Sally starts to carry the tree. It's very heavy. The top of it is dragging slightly behind her and she's leaving a little trail of pine needles behind her as she starts home. But she's going to carry this damn tree home all alone if it kills her. As we watch her carry the tree home, we hear a beep on Sally's machine. Hi, it's me. Uh, it's the holiday season. This doesn't happen to me. It happened to be my holiday, but I thought I might remind you that this is a season of forgiveness and charity. So if you felt like calling me back, it would make me a very happy person. Sally's apartment day. Sally listens to her machine as she puts away groceries. Hello, if you're there, please pick up the phone. I really want to talk to you. Interior, Harry's apartment day. Harry is pacing around his living room, phone in hand. Look, I'll take this as a sign you're not home, or else you are home with that cretin you've been dating. And if you, if he's there with you now, please understand that I say cretin. I, I mean it in the best possible sense of the word. Interior, Sally's apartment day. Sally not picking up. Are you there? No? Okay. Well, call me back. Beep. Hold on, a still upset Sally. Cut to exterior street, hot dog stands, day. Harry and Jess are stopped at a hot dog stand. Obviously, she doesn't want to talk to me. What, do you, do I have to be a hit over the head? Like, if she wants to call me, she'll call me. Now, I'm through making a schmuck out of myself. Interior, Harry's apartment, day. Harry is singing on the phone. The backup music machine is going. If you're feeling sad and lonely, there's a service I can render. Tell the one who loves you only, I can be so warm and tender. Interior, Sally's apartment, day. Sally enters carrying shopping bags. Call me, don't be afraid, you can call me. Interior, Harry's apartment, day. Maybe it's late, but just call me. Call me, I'll be around. Interior, Sally's apartment, day. Give me a call. Beep. Sally just stares. 
Finally, she picks up the phone. Hi, Harry. I'll cut back and forth. Hi. Hey, hi. I, I, I didn't think you were going to. Uh, hi. What are, you, what are you doing? I was just on my way out. Where are you going? What do you want, Harry? Uh, nothing. I, I, just, I just called to say, what, what are you doing for New Year's? Are you going to Tyler's party? Do you have a date? Because I, I don't have a date. And if, if you don't have a date, we could always, well, we always said if neither of us had a date on New Year's, you know. Harry, I can't do this anymore. I'm not your consolation prize. Goodbye, Harry. She hangs up. Exterior, Times Square, night. A tight shot of Dick Clark. We pull back to reveal interior Harry's apartment night. Harry is lying in bed eating pistachio nuts, watching Dick Clark on television. What's so bad about this? We have Dick Clark. You have past tradition. You have Palomar's, the greatest cookie of all time. And you're about to give the Knicks their first championship since 1973. Harry aims a wadded piece of paper, a wiffle ball at a basketball hoop over the door of his bedroom. He misses. He looks back at the television set. His mind drifts and we push in on his face. And now we see New Year's Eve, a year earlier. Harry and Sally are dancing. Harry dips Sally. Sally is laughing. We hear her voice. Do you think the fact that we're friends is keeping us from finding someone? Yes. So I think we should stop being friends, go home right now, and make love. You don't mean that. You know you don't mean that. Interior, Harry's bedroom, night. Harry thinking about what just went through his mind. There. There would be good right now. Interior, New Year's Eve party, night. A great big New Year's Eve party. Just like the one we were at a year earlier. The mirrored ball is twirling, twinkle lights on everyone's face, Sally dancing with a tall man. He dips her. She's appalled. Upright again, she catches Marie's eye as the tall man swoops her about the floor. Marie is dancing with Jess. Why I let you drag me to this. And she's dipped again. Exterior, downtown street, night. Harry walking down the street past shop windows. This is good. This is good. New Year's resolution number one. I gotta do this more often. Window shopping. All the fun and none at the expense. He passes a couple. The woman is laughing. Pushing on Harry's face, we see Harry and Sally in the Temple of Dendor. Pepper, 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 pepper. Sally is laughing. Over it, we hear... I think you should wear skirts more. You look good in skirts. I do? Yeah. Exterior, downtown street, night. Harry, more agitated by his thoughts, he walks into an ice cream store. Interior, New Year's Eve party, night. Sally is laughing merrily at a joke some man has just told her. Marie passes her by. 
Sally turns her face quickly towards Marie, her face quickly passing from happiness to anguish. You'll never get a taxi. Sally turns back to the man who told the joke, the smile replastered onto her face. Exterior, Washington Square, night. Harry is walking along the same place he was dropped off by Sally 11 years ago. He has an ice cream cone. This was a good move. It's 10 degrees out, and the wind chill factor is in my mouth, and my mouth is a million below, and I'm eating ice cream. He dumps the ice cream in a trash can. He stops and looks up at the arc. And we see the scene in Washington Square 11 years ago. Harry and Sally are saying goodbye. They shake hands awkwardly. Well, I guess we're not going to be friends then. Too bad. You were the only person I knew in New York. Have a nice life. Exterior, Washington Square night. Harry back in reality, thinking about what just happened in his mind. He feels the cold and turns his collar up, then starts walking slowly away from the arch. We stay with Harry as his pace starts to quicken and finally ends with him running down the street. Interior, New Year's Eve party, night. It's almost midnight. Balloons, confetti, the mirrored ball spinning slowly around. The excitement in the room builds as we approach midnight. We see Sally with a group of friends, including Jess and Marie. I'm going. It's almost midnight. I can't stand the thought of not kissing somebody. Deal, I'll kiss you. Thanks, Jess. But I have to go. Exterior street night. Harry is still running, looking for a cab. He can't find one. He keeps running. Interior party night. Sally at the closet, putting on her coat. Exterior street night. Harry running down the street. Interior party night. Sally is kissing Jess and Marie goodbye. I'm not going to wait, Marie. I'll I'll call you tomorrow. She turns to go. She stops dead in her tracks. It's Harry. Slowly, he comes toward her and stops in front of her. I've been doing a lot of thinking. The thing is, I love you. What? I love you. How do you expect me to respond to this? How, How about you love me too? How about I'm leaving? Sally turns and walks off, parting the crowd. Harry follows her like a terrier. Doesn't what what I said mean anything to you? During the following, we hear the countdown to the New New Year's, after which everyone breaks into Happy New Year. Confetti flies, everyone is kissing and breaking into Old Lang Syne. What is it supposed to mean? Sorry, Harry, I know it's New Year's Eve and I know you're feeling lonely, but you can't just show up here and tell me you love me and expect that to make it all right. I mean, what am I supposed to say? Great, Harry, you love me. That settles everything. Now we can waltz off into the sunset together. It doesn't work this way. Well, how does it work? I don't know, but not this way. How about this then? I love how you get cold when it's 62 degrees out. I love the way your mouth turns down just a little bit right there. I love how it takes you an hour and a half to order a sandwich. I, lo- I even love when you use my sweater for Kleenex. I love it that after spending the day with you, I can still smell your perfume on my clothes. I love how you're the last person I want to talk to before I go to sleep at night. It took me 11 years to figure this out. And I came here tonight because 
When you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with someone, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. See, that's just like you, Harry. You say things like that and you make it impossible for me to hate you. And I hate you. I hate you, Harry. Fucking hate you. She starts to cry. Harry puts his arms around her. They kiss. A long kiss. The twinkle ball goes around twinkling. They go on kissing. Old Lang Syne continues in the background. My whole life I never known what this song meant. I know exactly what you mean. And I, I should all should old acquaintance be forgot? Does that mean we should forget old acquaintances? Or does it mean we do happen to forget them? We should remember them? Which is not possible because we forgot them. So Maybe you're just supposed to remember you forgot them or something. Anyway, it's about old friends. They start to kiss again. And as the camera pulls up away from them. And the first time we met, we hated each other. You didn't hate me. I hated you. The second time we met, he didn't even remember me. I did too remember you. <laughs> uh, the third time we met, we became friends. We were friends for a long time. And then we weren't. And then we fell in love. A couple on a love seat, Harry and Sally together, looking at the camera. Two months later, we got married. It was a beautiful wedding. Yeah. Uh, we had this incredible coconut cake. Oh, with a very rich chocolate sauce on the side. Yeah, you know, because everybody doesn't like sauce right at the top of their cake. As, and as they continue on, we fade out. The end. Wonderful. <laughs>